Okay, B. Time to tag in! And one blade. Shadow Striker. Meet Stormfall. Whew. This is bad, B. Decepticons are swarming the city. They can only be after one thing. The Allspark. Well, if it's a race they want. Speed won't solve this. We're outnumbered. We gotta be smart. No surprises. What's this about, Slipstream? Invading a defenseless city? Grimlock, where are the others? Where's Optimus Prime? Teletran X, track Soundwave. He'll regroup back at command. That's just it. Megatron's not leading the offensive. He's not even in the city. He's hunting Optimus. And the Allspark. The space bridge is by the museum. Up ahead. Slipstream, let us through! That bridge is our last connection to Cybertron! To our home! Hello and welcome to Hello Governor the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is... Jessica DiGiovanni. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually have to let my guest uh, say their name first, because um, if it's a complicated name, I'm I'm going to butcher right. it. I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> smart move, smart move. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who, I've said this before, but whenever I see someone with a complicated name that I'm not sure how to pronounce, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to get them to say it first. Otherwise, I'm going to butcher it. Right, right. Yeah, it's like when you're uh, introducing someone. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but, you know, sometimes you you run into somebody, you know, when before we were all avoiding each other and wearing masks and you would be like, oh, yes. And you were you're with someone else. And so you introduce your friend, you know, Jerry or whatever. And you say, Jerry, this is um, or you say, this is my friend, Jerry. And then the other person will introduce themselves. And then that's how you hopefully and that's how you remember their name. That's like that's that's a little trick trick of the trade. Yeah, but then it's it's always going to be an awkward conversation because it's like, ah, oh, you know, Jerry, I don't want to talk to this guy. <laughs> Why would you introduce me to this guy? Right. Well, then you could always use your friend. See, this is what I do. Because <laughs> I'm always cool with my friends using me as an excuse, you know. So I'll be like, oh, we got to get to this thing. Jerry has a thing. <laughs> and usually my friends will go with it. But I mean, that's I don't know that that's ever like maybe that's happened like once ever. But. You know, no, um, apologies to anybody named Jerry who's listening to this. No, Jerry's a great name. I have a friend named Jerry. Jerry's are great sometimes, unless you're a serial killer or sociopath and you're not so great. But, you know, for the most part. No, I'm sorry. Like every time I, you know, whenever I hear the name Jerry, the only thing I can think of that pops into my head every time is that scene in Fargo where William H. Macy's talking to to the bank, to, to his employers. And, and he's mm-hmm. like, we're not a bank, Jerry. <laughs> I just love that line so much. We're not a bank, a... Jerry. Gee willikers. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Darn tootin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fargo. God, love I... it. Yeah, can you I tell I've been, can you tell um, today on uh, Guess Which Movie Abdullah has been watching in quarantine? Fargo. Fargo. Wait, let me get Yeah. Fargo. It's it's so good though. It's it's great filmmaking. So God, it's you know, it's not like you're watching Sharknado two or something. You know that if if that was happening, I'd have to like sit you down and be like, Abdullah, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> There's better options for you out there. There's more fish in the sea, sir. No, it's it's like um, you know, remember that '80s commercial where the dad walks in on his son, you know, <laughs> um, 
with the, oh God, with, the mar- with, the, with the marijuana and he's like where did you where did you get this uh, who told you how to do this you dad i learned it from watching you it's it's gonna be like that where one day someone's gonna walk into to my room and, and find a blu-ray copy of of a sharknado and they're gonna be like where, where did you get this well, right. why why are you watching this? He got mm-hmm. got the entire uh, he got the first two Godfather movies. Don't you want to watch those instead? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be an entire intervention. Like everyone you know is going to come to the room and be like, Abdullah, we need to talk. Please sit down. <laughs> and you're like, I am sitting down. I'm watching Sharknado. <laughs> no, um, honestly, I have not seen a single Sharknado. Like I've seen. I haven't either. I've I really seen, haven't. I've I know I've the concept. S- I've seen like clips, like bits and pieces, but I have yet to actually sit down and watch an entire one of those because I've sat through a lot of shit in my life. And um, mm-hmm. I, honestly, I, 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 I can't um, for the life of me, I can't watch sci-fi original movies. I just can't. They're just way too terrible. Like there's a there's a spectrum of um, there's like a pie chart of like all the shitty movies combined and like somewhere down the middle is is going to be like um you know sci-fi original channel movies cuz i just cannot watch those i just can't <laughs> i can watch i've sat through so much direct dvd garbage in my time but you know the moment you put in you put on something like mega shark versus giant octopus i'm just like i'm done i can't i tried watching that <laughs> and I'm like i can't i can't i can't do it well this it's good to like, know where your limits are you know it's yeah it's good to know you're like once we get to massive animals fighting each other, I'm done. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, this is a great uh, introduction. <laughs> to, to this yeah, episode. totally. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> but um, well, I mean, I gotta break the ice first because um, I don't know you. You could be a serial killer, a serial killer for all I know. <laughs> it's true. I could be. We don't really know each other. But I um, know where you live. I'm just kidding. I don't know where you live. But um. But yeah, um, tell us more about yourself for the people who aren't familiar with your work. What do you do? Well, thank you for asking. (laughs) Um, I am an actor in the United States. I I work in both L.A. and New York City. And I hail originally from Chicago, so I'm a Midwesterner at heart. But um, yeah, I've done a lot of uh, theater in New York, off-Broadway theater and uh, commercials and uh, indie films and things like that. And uh, you're having me on because I do a lot of voiceover as well. I make my living doing uh, voiceover is one of my uh, top uh, employers' jobs. Um, And one of them is I play Windblade in Transformers Battlegrounds video game. So, uh, and that came out in October and people are having a great time with it. It's really fun. You can play with your friends and um, Windblade is such a, can you, can I swear on here or no? Oh, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) She's a freaking badass. Uh, And she's actually one of the first fan made uh, Autobots transformers they they took a survey uh from the fans and compiled a transformer around that and so she's one of the only autobots that flies and she's super cool people love her and um it's such an honor to be able to play her because she just kicks 
butt and she's so strong. She's such a leader. You know, she has that intuitive uh, city speaker ability. So that's really cool. She's, you know, tuned in on a whole other level. I really love Transformers in the way that they, um, their metaphor for the world, you know, they have the, uh, the AllSpark, which we, the Transformers, the Autobots are fighting to protect, which is almost like the, um, the consciousness, the collective unconscious of all of us, you know, like this, uh, you know, as humans, we could equate it to our, our spiritual connection or our, you know, the fact that we are all part of the same thing, you know, and that that's our, that's the energy that keeps us, keeps the heartbeat of everything going, you know, is our connection to each other, which is, you know, basically what the AllSpark is. And, and it's like the, it's, it's all of the memories of everything that's ever happened and the ancestors and it's pretty cool. And, and I, you know, when I first got Windblade, I obviously I like delved deep into, to it. And there's so many different storylines, you know, like it, it goes on and on and on. Cause there's so many different, um, versions and, um, avatars of these each transformer, but it's so cool. And, you know, there's, there's fans that know everything about every single, <laughs> Autobot Decepticon. I mean, it's, it's impressive and it's such a great, it's, it's such a great, uh, I guess, what is it? It's, it's such a great story to be a part of, you know? Well, I mean, as, as most long-term listeners know, I'm a huge, you know, Transformers nerd. This is no secret. You know, I've had, I've had tons of people who've worked on probably every incarnation of Transformers now, I would imagine. Yeah. I've had people, I've had people who've worked on G1 on the show. I've had people who've worked on the movies, the live action movies. I've had people who've worked on Beast Wars. I've had people who've worked on the recent, um, uh, war for war for um cybertron, cybertron netflix netflix series and um and even the people from the um unicron not unicron trilogy yeah yes unicron trilogy as well <laughs> yeah matt matt hill <laughs> matt hill was was ironhide so yeah <laughs> we are pretty much like covered the you basics <laughs> and um but while you were not an original member of the Cyberverse cast, which is what this game is obviously based on, and I, I kind of figured that they had to replace some people because this was mm-hmm. a this was made on the cheap. <laughs> this was a game that um, you can tell was made on a budget, and they did not have the money to get um, a lot of the people from from uh, the show on. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting how they recast Windblade because you know she's kind of. She's kind of the secondary character of Cyberverse, which is like, was there pressure like when you took on the role? You know, was there like some sort of pressure? Like, um, I didn't feel pressure. I felt very excited. You know, it was it, it, it's a union job, so I, that I was really happy about because a lot of animation is non-union, and so I, you know, as a union actor, I'm not able to do some stuff that I would really love to do. So this was a great opportunity to be able to be a transformer. And, um, so I just rose to the occasion, you know, I, I, like I said, I did my research and I was so, I love playing like badass warrior, uh, strong women, you know? So that's, um, I mean, I guess she's a robot. She's a, she's a female robot though. So (laughs) yeah. I, I didn't feel pressure. I, it was all really excitement and 
happy to be a part of it. And I love making the fight noises in the booth, like just being like, Argh! Argh! you know, stuff like that. It's so fun. <laughs> you know, you're in there by yourself. No one else is with you. So like if there was just a camera on you, people would be like, this person needs help. They're crazy. Uh, we need to take them into an insane asylum. Um, but it was, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun process. You know, there's a lot of freedom in it. So it's cool. And the director was great. And we did this during uh, quarantine, actually. So I was, I recorded it in my closet with my own, with my own setup, because we couldn't go into the studio. So it was a whole new experience. Yeah, most of the stuff that's, uh, most of the stuff you're seeing now, like any media that's been released, like recently, was all probably filmed and recorded via zoom or, and or source connect and it's kind of it's so surreal because you wouldn't have noticed it because the audio engineers man they they're the real stars of the show they're they're the ones who who have to take this raw audio that people recorded in their closets and have to make it sound like it's coming out of these characters and it's just so amazing like so, so amazing yeah it really is incredible the way they mix it all and yeah i mean it's it's i think there's a lot that people are realizing they can do from home now which might hurt us in the long run you know some businesses but um i mean to me nothing compares to actually being in the booth so like i really do enjoy going in and having the space to play around and having everyone be in the same the same place but you know i don't know now this it's it's possible to not have to do that so it, it might be in the future, it might be that talent just goes into the booth with the sound engineer there and then everyone else is remote, you know, and, and comes in like via Zoom or something. Who knows? But oh, in, in um, a way, it's pretty cool because the possibilities are endless with technology and, and how it, it is. It, it helps us, you know. No, I mean, I think I said this before, but, um, you know, I'm I know this is like a very cynical opinion to take, but, um, you know, knowing the nature of the business and how you know, the entertainment business, especially if they can find a way to, to cut costs, they'll do it. And I honestly, mm -hmm. I honestly think that um, the days of ensemble records are kind of sadly over because I think more people now, more studios now are now realizing that, Hey, if we can get, if we can still do ensemble records via zoom, why are we paying money to rent out the studio? Which is kind of a shame, but um, you know, I yeah. kind of see them going that direction because it's much cheaper for them. It saves them money and they don't, they can easily work around people's schedules. You know, if everyone's just stuck at home, it's much easier to work around their schedules than it would be it's trying true. to get them, than it would be trying to get them in, in a room together. Cause that's, that's the reason why not a lot of stuff is recorded ensemble is because, you know everyone's busy like before in the before times everybody everybody was working on various different projects and it was it was tough getting a lot of these people together in the same room but now it's like everyone's stuck at home let's just record it in, in via zoom and that's it like that's mm -hmm. it <laughs> yeah kind of uneventful right you're like well i don't even have to change out of my pajamas if i don't want to <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I don't, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that that's probably the way it's going to go. But I do also think there's something to be said for people being in the same room together and collaborating in that way. I think you get results, you get sound, you get moments that you wouldn't get, you're not going to get when you're remote like that. But who knows? We don't know. 
We don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this from the future, please tell me how we got out of <laughs> yes, this please. Mess. If you're listening from the future, please call in 555-4342 and just let us know. How is it out there? Are there spaceships? Have we been to Mars? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, um, it's... I, I love space. I nerd out about space. I think it's so cool. Oh, God. It's, it's kind of funny that... Um... That uh, the Mars rover thing is currently going on as as of this recording, mm-hmm. because like today, I swear, I swear to God, this was this was this wasn't intentional, but I was like just scrolling through a bunch of pictures, mm-hmm. and I found this like screen cap from Arnold <laughs> from the movie Total Recall, and oh him and him saying move to Mars, and I'm like, well, if only, <laughs> if only, I could. oh my God, that's hilarious, <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't, you know, honestly, I, I don't think I ever want to move tomorrow. I don't, I wouldn't ever want to be one of those people that leaves because I love this planet so much. Like, I think it's such a beautiful planet and I think we're so lucky to live, live on it. And it's such an anomaly in the universe. But I also, you know, I think it's really incredible that we can explore space. Did you see that movie Ad Astra with Brad Pitt? No, I haven't, but I've seen Gravity. And that kind of scared oh, me. <laughs> I didn't see gravity because I, yeah, for that exact reason, I was like, I don't need more nightmares about that. That's cool. Um, but it's it's a it's a pretty interesting concept for a film, and I I really actually surprisingly I really enjoyed it. And um, but you know, it takes place in a world where like we can get all the way the, to Neptune, you know, which is like, I mean, I don't know if you watch these videos on YouTube about space and black holes and. Um, these uh, giant superstars that are like three billion times the size of our sun. I mean, it's just what they, the fact that we even know that, that we can even find that out is incredible. I just, I just, my brain just kind of goes, God, what are we going to know in 50 years? If we already know that, you know, it's just, it's, it's it's just it's also just a really good perspective shift for me sometimes because sometimes I think especially since you know we we're not as being as social as as normal which is like a huge part of my life and we can't really travel that much it's like to think about how small we are in the grand scheme of things to me really helps it helps me uh kind of go okay all right. Well, what do I have in this moment? You know, what what can I be grateful for? I have we have an atmosphere. I have fresh air. I have a blue sky. You know, things like that. It it just helps shift things and makes the little problems that I can freak out about, especially like when I'm inside all day, a little bit less less uh, taxing and worrisome because you know we're just a. It's just they say that you know it's just a blip. We humans have only been here for like a blip like a blink, you know, there's a point where I get with the physics, when they start talking about string theory, my brain just explodes. You know, I can, I can get so far with the science and then I'm like the string theory thing kind of like blows my mind. I'm like, I don't under, you're, so you're saying like, there's just like, there's a bazillion different universes in this wall right now. Like in this, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Oh. No, I've been there. I've, you know, I've had those long night Google searches where I'm looking up multi uh, multiverse multiverse yeah. theories and, like, and is it so you're saying that like there's a version of me that I think about that sometimes. I'm like, what's that version of me doing? 
you know do no you i mean that? no i mean i do like um god i mean this is a testament to how amazing that show's writing was but um there was a really great um really great futurama episode where they find a pair the the box that that takes them to a to alternate uh, multiverses to alternate dimensions mm-hmm. and i and i do love the fact that the main alternative dimension is just it's just everything's the same but like there's only like a slight difference like the the, the only difference is like the the a coin flip would you know if you flip the coin and it would always come up heads in in the main universe <laughs> but in the but in the secondary universe you flip it and it turns it and it turns into um tails like it's always going to be tails in the multi in the mm. um in the in the um in the uh, other universe yeah, and what i like about so slight yeah yeah and and I, that's what i love about it is that you know of all the universes that they could have picked it's the one where <laughs> It's the one where it's like it's, the most boring one. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but oh. but but all the characters are different because, like, it just goes to show you that a, a slight change can can alter the you know just a simple change in your life can alter mm. your trajectory to traje- um, trajectory completely. Like mm-hmm. you know the main the main bender is silver. The main um, the other bender is gold because because that's what the mm. colors that they picked. So. You know, while they might be the same person, they they have that that you know one 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 bit of difference between them, and I think that's um, I mean, I could go on and on about the science of Futurama and how like every mm-hmm. episode has like some sort of science science thing related to it. I mean, the Prisoner of Benda, like that episode where they switch bodies, they mm-hmm. actually had to invent a new theory for them to switch back. That 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 oh episode's God, theory so was cool. was invented on the spot. It's, it's so amazing. That blew my mind when I found out that oh yeah, that theory that they use it, that math theory that they use at the end of the episode, that was invented specifically for this episode. It did not exist before this episode. It Whoa. is just so amazing. Well, science and creative arts, right? Or creative sciences and arts isn't. I mean, they're they're one and the same. I think you have to be. You have to have a creative mind to be a scientist because you have to be able to think of things that don't exist yet. You know, you have to be able to be like, all right, so if this, then what if this, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's. And and I do love the episode where they invent a time machine that doesn't go backwards. It only just goes forwards in time. And I love how at the end, you know, they, they go so, so forward that they see the end of the universe and then they and then the universe resets at the end. And that I that I love that theory where it's like, you know, if the universe does end, you know, who's mm-hmm. to say it doesn't reset? <laughs> right. Right. Oh. Like you just hit the reset button and it'll boop. Yeah, that's I I honestly I don't watch that show, but I I mean I've seen like episodes off and on throughout the years, but I know it's it's great writing because I have so many of my friends have have talked about it. And like a lot of my friends like Rick and Morty, but that's like a totally different <laughs> vibe but still no i mean rick and morty is more like comedic sci-fi it's more Mm -hmm. you know outlandish sci-fi like Mm -hmm. the science is there but it's like you know (laughs) really really you have to like suspend your disbelief at how at some of the science they use on that show but i mean it's it's still you know it still has its moments 
like where it's clever where i'm like mm-hmm. okay i did not see that coming they actually put effort into this it wasn't just hey let's have a fart joke for the sake of a fart joke you know <laughs> right there's meaning behind the fart joke obviously <laughs> yeah um have but you no. ever done voiceover for for video games or anything, Abdullah? Have you ever done? Anything? No, no, I'm. Do you secretly want to? Do you <laughs> no, secretly want to be like no. a transformer someday? <laughs> no, really? No, um, I'm actually a really terrible actor. To be quite honest, I'm, I'm a terrible actor. I'm more interested in in writing. To be quite honest, I have written oh, okay. a couple of a couple of things, cool. and 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 nowadays it's like, well, you know. You got nothing to do, so why not do a podcast? And and I and I said this before many times, but uh, you know the reason I have like a lot of voice actors on is because voice actors are much are easy to approach, and it's easier to have a conversation with them about whatever. Like there's mm-hmm. no ego in in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different world, you know. It's something I never really actually thought about. You know, I fell into it. As an actor, you know, you just start auditioning for things that your reps send you out for. And I, I fell into the voiceover world and it's been really good to me. It's, it's, it's such a fun, such a fun career. I remember when I was little, I would imitate the voices on commercials and stuff, you know, and cartoons and things like that. And no idea I'd make money at it one day, (laughs) but it's, uh, it's, it's fun to manipulate your voice and do like different characters and, and things, you know, to just play around and see like the range of your own voice, you know? Well, and I mean, there's a difference between like being able to do a voice because everyone can do a voice. Mm-hmm. You, know, it, you have to be a really good actor to have longevity in this business. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, especially with, comedic animated shows um you know improv and and things like that being able to go off the cuff and um excuse me uh yeah and just kind of take the character off in a direction you know because i think i think the the creating a character is a collaboration you know obviously the writer gives you what's on the page um but i think so much of it is like what you want to bring to it like what your unique take on this person or this character is you know and that's how people book is they they have a specific point of view and or they they have a funny laugh that they bring in and you know there's there's a lot of work that goes into crafting um a voice a voice of a character really you know it's easy to just like throw on a voice and like do a funny voice you know but like what's their point of view and like how do they laugh and what's their you know uh, how do they relate to other people? You know, it's fine. Yeah, and you know, I've I've been thinking about this a lot, but I, you know, one of the reasons why you remember a lot of iconic characters is because the actor gave that character a specific voice that's become iconic, that becomes the the default voice. Where, you know, the moment you hear it, it becomes instantly recognizable. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like Bart Simpson. Yeah, Bart Homer. Simpson, Homer, mm-hmm. um, you know, Duke Nukem, you know, those characters, you know, th- those are those are those are characters that t- the moment you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Peter Griffin. That's Lois Griffin. That's whoever, mm-hmm. you know, because they have a distinctive voice. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people do really great impressions of these characters because they understand like they listen to them over and over again and they get the they get the um 
they get the tone right and the inflections right and they just like sound really amazing because sometimes it's like holy crap man <laughs> yeah you know who's really really good at Im voice imitations is um melissa uh what's her name on snl uh what's her name what's who's the snl she's like she just um she's so good at at um impersonating voice she did a marge simpson the other day oh come on what's her name now i'm like looking it's, it's gonna drive me nuts i'm googling her right now Mar melissa, melissa? <laughs> villa senor that's what it is melissa villa senor i i don't watch <laughs> snl so i don't i don't know <laughs> it's okay it's 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 not the greatest right now it's it's hit or, hit or miss <laughs> They have such a strange schedule too. It's like they'll be on for a week and then off for like three weeks and then on for three weeks and off for two weeks. And I don't understand it, but I, it's a, it's an intense job from what I, you know, from what I understand. So you definitely need time off from it for sure. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, my, my point is it's like, I'm always in awe that people can, can imitate, you know, sometimes dead on impressions like kind of scare mm -hmm. me because i'm like ooh, <laughs> that sounds way too close <laughs> right yeah it's all about it's like it's all about having an ear for um like uh, like the musicality i think and the tone um yeah i don't know if you know do you know who louis armstrong is the musician oh do i know who louis armstrong is what am i <laughs> a commoner <laughs> I could do a Louis Armstrong impression. It's really fun. I'll do it for you. Ready? Hold me close and hold me fast. The magic spell you cast. This is lovey and rose. <laughs> oh, it's a fun one to do. No, it kind of sounds like the Cookie Monster. <laughs> If if you actually I I I mean it wasn't until like years later did I realize that um that Fat Albert the voice of Fat Albert was basically just a just a version of just another version of Louis Armstrong like when you really think about it Oh my gosh that's funny <laughs> Hey 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 Yeah This is great But yeah. I mean even as a kid like you know, growing up, you didn't realize that um, that a person was that a voice actor was doing an impression of an actor until years later. It's like, oh, he was doing so and so, and you didn't get oh, yeah, it because he was it's influenced it, by this. Yeah, 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 and you didn't get it because it was such an obscure reference that only like boomers would get. That it's like, huh? Who's he? Mm -hmm. Who's he? Who's he? Who's um? Who's this Paul Freeze guy? And why does Corey Burton constantly keep doing him? <laughs> And then you go into a, you dive into a hole of Google research. Then five hours later, you're like an expert. Then you get on it. all things eighties. <laughs> what did you say? Then you get it. Then you're like, oh man, I I under I finally get it. That thing that cartoon from 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 1985 finally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. Twenty years later. Oh, that's great. No, that's not, it hasn't been twenty years. It's like thirty five years later. Almost four, thirty or forty years later, you'll finally realize, oh man, they were totally doing this this one obscure movie star from the from the fifties that no one had heard of. <laughs> they just stole it. Well, <laughs> they actually I mean, did I, it too. Well, I mean, look, you know, it's a controversial opinion. I know, <laughs> but 
<laughs> but hear me out. We mm-hmm. all know Curly from the Three Stooges has a distinctive voice and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And one could argue that Frank Welker just took that, just did a Curly impression for Jabberjaw. But I would mm-hmm. disagree and say, sure, it was inspired by Curly, but he also ripped off Rodney Dangerfield. And thus, it makes it a totally original character. Yep. It's a it's a mix. It's like if they had a baby, basically. <laughs> no, seriously, Jabberjaw's catchphrase was "I get no respect." Like oh, I, no. I shit you I not. That that's uh, that's pretty on the nose. <laughs> that's that's on the nose. That's actually copying. That's, <laughs> that's great. Well, I mean, this was like 1977, so it was like really early on in, in Rodney Dangerfield's career, so it was okay. It wasn't the yeah. 80s yet, so it was okay. <laughs> right, right, exactly. exactly. Have you written animated shows? Is that something that you like to write? Um, God. Like, I've I've written like a couple of scripts, like not not anything for television, for but like for, 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 com- for um web comics because i i find it very interesting to to be able to tell stories via visual medium you know just like telling telling stories via um pictures i always Mm -hmm. found it i don't know why i always found that interesting like like i'm i'm the kind of person who whom whenever i read a comic book it kind of sticks with me for days on end i don't know why but it does like i'm 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 this that just that person who if I read a really great comic, it just sticks with me. And I just like mm. end up studying pages over and over again. Like, how, how did they do it? Like, how did um, like, you know, the pacing of these of these um, panels works? I mean, Watchmen is a great example because like a normal page in that has like nine panels, which is completely unheard of in, in most yeah. comic books. But, uh, you know, man, Dave Gibbons made it work like he made it like. It may made it easy to follow, and and you know you can just like get sucked right into it, and that's yeah. That's, well, it's uh, basically like storyboard for a movie, you know, or or a TV show in that case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why you know I I you know read a lot of I I go be you know whenever I'm whenever I look up behind the scenes stuff of most animated shows, I usually look up storyboarding because. Because nowadays it's storyboarding. Storyboarding has pretty much taken over the the writing aspect of most animated shows, mm-hmm. which is a which is controversial. I know some people are like, "Oh, you know, why can't uh, you know the writers do all the work, and why can't?" Or some people are like, "Oh, why don't the storyboard artists do all the work?" Or I'm I'm the kind of person who believes that there should be some sort of middle ground. Like you have to have a strong script and strong dialogue, but at the same time, you kind of need storyboard people to help to help the action <laughs> to help the pacing and mm-hmm. action because my god some of the pacing on when the pacing in animated shows is bad it's bad like it's very noticeable <laughs> yeah well and it's a visual medium you know like that's just what if you're writing for a tv or if you want it ultimately to be a tv show or a film like you have to have the visual aspect of it because that's what it, that's what it is it's telling stories and pictures well i mean and unless, that's what makes it so universal too you know well i mean unless you're fox and you just do like you just do like live action sitcoms in animated format where it, <laughs> most of the humor is just the character sitting around talking and i'm not saying that that's bad i'm just saying that um you know you can tell like a lot of the dialogue heavy shows 
like i mean i watch like stuff like bob burger bob's burgers and i'm kind of like mm-hmm. why isn't this like a live action show because you know they're not doing anything with the animated format that they're not taking advantage of of the animation it's just like characters yeah. talking like it's just come on man yeah that's but people love it it's a whole thing you know they've got bob's burgers has a lot of followers do you do you like so you don't like that show no i mean i'm not i'm not saying that's a bad thing but i've noticed that you know fox you know whenever they do comedy shows because that's apparently what um adults like don't you know we only like comedy shows we do not like anything that's dramatic or or serious adults don't want to watch you mean yeah yeah apparently that's what um that's what uh, the executives think, apparently, that uh, no adult wants to watch anything that's um, that's serious in animated format. That's why everything is comedies. And I'm kind of like, ah. I hear you. Well, get, get you get, get that executive position and create your own channel. Let's freaking do it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the beauty of the Internet is like everyone can make their own content now. You don't even need studios anymore. Yeah. It's true. Like, but at the same time, it's, you know, I still see the problem with, you know, internet stuff is that it kind of gave birth to the edgelord cartoons where it's basically like, okay, we don't have to worry about network sensors. So we can just like have all the edgy stuff. And it's some, a lot of it has not aged well because it's like, holy crap. (laughs) This is just. This is like what a 15 year old would would find uh, humorous or amusing. <laughs> Maybe it was done by a 15 year old. Who knows? They're, the kids are pretty uh, savvy these days. The technology, I've seen like four year olds on tablets, like just controlling that, like on their parents' cell phones. I'm like, how in the heck? <laughs> these are little baby geniuses over here. But I guess if you've been using it since, you know, you came out of the womb, you learn pretty quick. Kids learn kids learn stuff pretty fast yeah but i'm not a fan of kids at a young age being having uh, having access to stuff like tablets and and phones yeah. and stuff like that i'm like it's not what? good for their eyes apparently it's not you know i don't know i don't have kids yet so but I, I i have seen my friends with their kids and i understand why they plop them in front of tvs and give them tablets and stuff because it can be a lot when you're dealing with the with the young kid um I don't know though. I've never, I haven't had them. So yeah, yeah, I understand. Like you know, if you need a break, just give them the phone, and they'll you know shut up for a couple minutes. But <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't understand this constant need of having television be television or or um, or tablets or phones be like the babysitter. Like you know, come on, just yeah, just, you know, you do. It's fine if you need a break, but don't, don't, don't make that a crutch spend time with your kids because lord knows nowadays especially in in the midst of a pandemic they kind of need um all the support they can get really Mm -hmm. what's it like uh in kuwait like what are the are there a lot of restrictions over there oh boy (laughs) really have to get no we don't have to go into it no we don't have to (laughs) not at all that's fine i was just wondering oh well i mean it sucks that's that's the um that's the Mm. (laughs) short answer it sucks because of a lot of reasons <laughs> like um but um yeah god it 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 really frustrates me that um i mean we have the vaccine we're allowed to sign up for it but like there's very little people 
taking it and that kind of um hmm. really frustrates me <laughs> i mean i know why i know why but um it just it it frustrates me because like i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of at that point where it's like you know can we get like half the population vaccinated so we can finally get back to normal for reals <laughs> instead of just you know whatever right. the whatever the hell this is like i don't even know anymore yeah are you uh, are, are shops open and things like that though like can you um they recently shut down um gyms and hair hair um salons and stuff like that oh okay but um right. you can you can apparently still go to the mall and what? other places <laughs> that makes no sense to me well i mean we kind of have to because we can't go back into lockdown because the economy is so shit we'll 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 just die if we if you know right you know. are you by the water are you by the the coast at all or no 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 okay. so like yeah all right um we'll just wrap it up and say where can people find you on social media and um where um what what current projects are you currently working on that we can that you can talk about that are not under NDA? Uh, okay, great. So I am on Instagram at the Jess DG, so the J E S S D I G I, and um, social uh, Twitter. I think is the same thing at the Jess DG, and I have a website JessicaDiGiovanni.com. And I am uh, everything that I'm working on. I can't really talk about, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, but yeah, I will be doing more voiceover in the future, so you can look forward to hearing me in more cool stuff, kicking butt, <laughs> taking names. That's so, what we do. That's what voiceover artists do. Yeah, uh, we're probably gonna have to ask you back when once all that stuff comes out. <laughs> yes. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.